Hello everyone, and welcome to this special edition episode of the Security Repo. You'll notice that we're coming out to you on a Friday and not a Monday, but don't worry, we do have a regular episode coming out on Monday. This one's going to be with Jason Haddix, and you do not want to miss it. It's awesome. But in this episode, we're coming out on the heels of RSA, and I'm going to share with you some of the key takeaways from that conference. I'm wearing my favorite RSA shirt, which is the Miscreants Field Hacking Manual shirt. If you just listen to me, you're going to have to imagine what it's like. It's black, it has green images and text, and it's awesome. And if you want some cool hacking merch, you can go to shopmiscreants.com. But surprisingly, there was more to RSA than just swag. If you've been to RSA, you'll know it's a very intense few days. Some of the best talks of the year and an expo hall that can only be described as death by vendor. But one of the important things about conferences like RSA and later on in the year Black Hat is that we get to position ourselves and the latest trends in the industry. Where are the weaknesses in security as a whole right now and what can we do to plug them? Where is the technology heading and what latest innovations can we see? I'm happy to say that in and also around RSA, there's a lot of events, smaller conferences, networking opportunities and dinners. And in these events, I managed to track down really some of the key thought leaders in this space, people building technology, experts and practitioners in the field, and of course, people that are giving the talks and workshops. And I asked a lot of them two simple questions. One, what is the biggest security threat we're facing in 2023? And two, what can we do to solve it? And some of the answers that I got, well, weren't that simple. But I want to share a few of my favorites with you in this episode. First up is Firas Abukadije. Now, Firas is someone that I've admired for a long time. I was fortunate enough to do a webinar with him last year. Firas is the founder and CEO of Socket. While I usually avoid plugging vendors, Socket is really a fantastic company. They're changing the way SCA, software composition analysis, works by not just waiting for errors and malicious activity to be reported, but by investigating it automatically, programmatically, and blocking malicious packages before they happen. I asked Firas what we can expect from 2023 and what can we do to prevent it, and here are his answers. I think it has to be the supply chain. Um, you know, obviously, I have some interest in saying this, but um, you know, supply chain's been in the news for a reason. Um, I think people are waking up to the fact that their applications depend on hundreds or thousands of individuals and organizations around the world. And you know, in the case of uh, you know open source, uh, you know, we we build our apps on the shoulders of giants. We depend on you know hundreds or thousands of, of open source packages, and this is great. But with it, there's some risk that comes you know, with that approach. Um, and that means that you know, if you have one bad apple, one maintainer uh, that loses control of their package, goes rogue, or you know, a package that gets hijacked, uh, that can affect thousands of organizations. So, um, so I think supply chain, it has to be the, you know, the thing that it's, it's the thing that everybody's taking a look at right now for a good reason. I also asked Firas, what were some recommendations to combat these risks? The, the first uh, most important thing is to realize that uh, open source security is about more than uh, vulnerabilities. So expand your thinking beyond known vulnerabilities and uh, take, a, take a broader, more holistic look at how you secure your open source. And so that should include threats like malware, threats like protestware, other types of supply chain attacks, compromised packages, obfuscated code. You know, you really got to think of why, you know, why do you trust these open source packages? Um, so, so, so I think the first thing is a mindset shift. Um, the second thing I would say is um, introduce a process around how you 
bring open source dependencies into your organization. Uh, I've spoken to just far too many teams uh, and in organizations where um, basically any developer can just add a dependency uh, if they feel like it. Um, so I think that that if you, if you if you change the way you think about that and you introduce some 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 sort of uh, check or um, you know analysis, and obviously Socket can help you with that. Um, that's that's a that's a, a great tip. And then finally, I think stay vigilant and just sort of keep keep your mind uh, aware of, of just all the different uh, you know, sources of threats that there are out there, and 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 stay curious. Firos wasn't the first or the only or the last person to bring up supply chain security in my interviews. But one person that had a counter to that was Steve Jagir from Charisma Cloud. I think the biggest risk, and I don't want to be cliche about this because everyone's probably saying supply chain, supply chain, supply chain. Uh, it's, it's the hottest risk at the moment. I'm not sure it's necessarily the biggest risk. I think just sometimes getting the basics right is the biggest risk. And we're talking about just the implementation of basic misconfigurations in infrastructure as code and just getting the basics of understanding and triaging the sea of vulnerabilities that is involved in prioritizing those. Like that is kind of fundamental at the moment. Yes, it does all connect to supply chain because if everybody does that, then everything upstream and downstream is affected by it. So I think if we, you know, maybe abstract away from supply chain and get more specific, that's where I would start. If I were to give a few tips, uh, I'm going to be biased. I'm going to move people towards our open source uh, that I work on, which is called Chekhov. And Chekhov looks for misconfigurations in open source. It also looks for exposed secrets, which I'm sure you're very familiar with. And uh, it also looks for vulnerabilities in referenced images in infrastructure as code. So if you've got a Kubernetes manifest or Terraform or get a workflow that actually mentions an image, those kind of fly under the radar a little bit. So it will look at vulnerabilities in the infrastructure that is perhaps releasing or building your code as opposed to the images that are used specifically in your application. I think that those will be the three things that could follow under one umbrella. Another person that had an interesting and different take on these topics is that of Joseph Carlson. If you're familiar in the security space, then you're probably familiar with Joseph. He puts out some great content, is a regular speaker at events, and is a host of the 404 Access Denied podcast. So make sure you check that out as well. In his day job, though, Joe is the chief security scientist at Delinea and Advisory Sizer. And here's what he had to say were the biggest threats that we're facing in 2023. Uh, that's a great question. Well, there's many risks out there. Um, I think that uh, in 2023, I believe that ransomware will still continue to be one of the biggest threats and risks for many organizations. Even though it did decline slightly in 2022, um, it is still a major uh, risk, uh, ultimately because if you do become a victim, it has a big impact to the business um, and it has a business impact. Uh, another risk that is also going to continue is around identity and credential compromise. Uh, that's something that I do believe will continue. But of course, it is one of the uh, tech path techniques rather than a risk by itself. It will always have some type of additional risk, whether it being deploying uh, malware or data theft or ransomware. Uh, so I think that's for organizations is going to be something that they'll tackle and uh, look to uh, try to mitigate as much as possible. I also asked Joe to give a few recommendations to try and combat some of these risks. Absolutely. I mean, for all organizations, they might be slightly different because, you know, not every business does is the same. Um, and ultimately, it will come down to one of the most primary things that you can do is doing a risk assessment for your business. Knowing what the high risk assets are, knowing about the application and the data, and actually, ultimately, how technology helps your business be successful 
is understanding that the better you understand the business side of things and how technology, uh, let's say, empowers it, uh, the more you can actually address it in the right way to mitigate that risk. So know your business, know the technology, know the services, and ultimately understand the impact of each of those. And that's one of the first important things. Um, the second part is then ultimately get into the access. We all talk about zero trust, but ultimately I believe that we need to go beyond zero trust to get to zero friction security. Zero friction is really where we actually empower users to be, let's say, a, you know, part of the security culture in a business. Uh, so make sure that you actually go and understand about how you make security usable. That's also the next part is making sure that users understand about what is, let's say, the right things to do in regards to gaining access, how to mitigate, how to choose better and smarter passwords. The third part is ultimately is understand the business outcomes. You won't be able to get the budget you need to actually make these changes without showing how you actually apply it to the business and how the business can become successful. Um, so we not, need to become almost translators of technology and cyber risks into business innovations and business enablement. So ultimately, that's one of the three things uh, that I believe that organizations can do in order to, one is, you know, know what the risks are, um, get the people involved to make security usable. And the third part is ultimately making sure you can actually measure it in a way that actually helps the business be successful, because that's ultimately how you would get the budget in order to put the right mitigation controls in place. Now, I'm sure everyone's used to people that work for particular vendors or have a certain interest of topic, that that's the area of their expertise, and therefore that's where they're most focused. So I wanted to bring someone into the conversation that had a completely different perspective. And that was Tony Lore. I met Tony Lore at B-Sides, which is a conference that surrounds RSA, where they were doing workshops on a cybersecurity card game, which looked at the principles and steps of the cyber kill chain. Tony is someone that has a long history working for multiple different security organizations inside product, but we're actually here just to be part of the community. So I was curious what someone completely neutral that understands the ins and outs of security and the threats that we're facing, what they thought were the biggest challenges of 2023. Here's what they said. I would say it's finding all the potential places where vulnerabilities could be. At this point, we're using so many different microservices. We're using so many different uh, infrastructure as code services, um, et cetera. And I think one of the biggest issues that we face is really finding all the places where vulnerabilities could exist, monitoring them continuously and uh, enforcing uh, actions on those vulnerabilities as they're found or potentially discovered. And here's what Tony gave as recommendations about combating some of those risks. I would say for one, don't bite off more than you can chew. There's nothing wrong with using a, uh, a managed service or a managed Kubernetes cluster. For example, if your organization doesn't have the resources to not just build, but support it out. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. We've pivoted to microservices-based architecture for a reason. Um, beyond that, ensure that you are able to not just monitor uh, your services, but act upon any vulnerabilities that are found in a timely, manager, uh, timely manner. Um, and I would say the third uh, tip I would give is prioritize effectively so you're not inundating your developers with uh, potential vulnerabilities. If you're going to alert your developers, make sure that the alerts they get are important. Otherwise, you're just training them to ignore alerts. There's still one voice that we haven't heard from yet in this podcast, and that's the voice of the people doing the hacking and what they think. I was fortunate enough to track down at a party, so excuse the noise, Joshua Camjo, who's the CEO and founder of Sublime Security. 
But before Sublime, Josh has 10 years of experience in offensive security. So I asked him the same questions from the attacker's point of view of what he thinks we really need to look out for in the coming years. Uh, one of the biggest risks in 2023, getting compromised via uh, phishing attacks, email attacks. Um, generally, it's like one of the number one uh, initial access vectors for attackers to break into companies. It's been that way for a long time, and uh, it still is. And here's what the recommendations he gave about combating those risks. Number one, multi-factor authentication on everything. As much as you can, put MFA everywhere. That's going to mitigate a large portion, if not all, particularly if you're using hardware keys of credential phishing attacks. So attackers are sending emails to try and steal your creds. Use a hardware token. Use multi-factor authentication. Second tip, uh, invest in educating users and third deploy an email security tool to help your team respond to evolving threats and and better close attack surface on email i've got to be honest with everyone when i started doing these interviews and putting it together i really was hoping that i would come up with a great set of people that were talking really about the same thing and in the end, I decided not to go with 10 interviews telling you that supply chain, email security, ransomware is really the most important thing because ultimately it's all really important. One of the biggest takeaways for me from all the conversations that I have is that we're still not getting the basics right. We're still allowing malicious packages into our supply chain. Our employees are still falling targets to phishing campaigns. Ransomware is still making it into our systems through the same old, well-trodden paths that it always has been. So the biggest takeaway from RSA is amongst all the talk of artificial intelligence, of the four talks I attended on quantum encryption, the talks of the supercomputers, the cyborg hackers, and everything else, the biggest takeaways for me was this. It's time for us to truly focus on the basics. That's where the attackers are getting the most amount of traction. And before we focus on all the shiny new tools, we need to ensure that our house is clean. We have good education for our employees and all of our basics covered. And then and only then should we worry about the shiny new thing that's coming around the corner in which the quantum AI cyborg hackers are deciding to use. That's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed this special edition. We're going to be doing more content about what we discovered at RSA, including what are the special shiny new packages and technology that are coming your way. So make sure you stay tuned and check it out. What were your favorite takeaways from RSA? Let me know in the comments if you're listening to this on a place that allows comments. Just a reminder that on Monday, we have our regular episode coming out, this time with Jason Haddock who's a CISO at Butterbox and a former CISO at Ubisoft. We're going to be talking about all of his hacking adventures and what to look out for from the hacker's perspective. It's going to be a really fun episode, so make sure you stay tuned for that one. Until then, see you next time.